grateful if you would scrunch in as much as possible so we can make room for the throngs that are coming in still. So thank you very much. Can you scrunch in as much as possible and leave some room on the aisles?
Will you please stand for the call to worship? And the angel said, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Let us worship the newborn King. in Christ through these days of December we have heard and seen all the sights and sounds of the season we have journeyed with Mary and Joseph the shepherds and the wise men we've attended our holiday gatherings and now tonight finally we have seen the star and heard the heavenly host and come now to Bethlehem to offer the gift of our lives and hearts let us pray then for those we love for our neighbors near and far for peace on earth and goodwill among all God's people. Let us therefore also remember in his name the poor and the helpless, 
the lonely and the hungry and the oppressed, the sick and those that mourn, and all whose hearts this night are looking for a sign of God's presence. Let us pray. Tonight, O oh God, the soles of your feet have touched the earth. Tonight, the back streets, the forgotten places have been lit with significance. Tonight, the households of earth welcome the King of heaven. For you have come among us and are one of us. May our songs rise to surround your throne as our knees bend to salute your cradle. Tonight, we yearn for peace and hope and joy. We pray for an end to war, that you will beat our spears into plowshares. We pray for our country rent by division. We pray for our leaders compromised by politics. We pray for the hungry and the poor and the anxious, and for those who grieve, mindful of loved ones who have departed this life. Open our hearts that we may welcome this child again into our lives and gender in us the Christmas spirit. May your love, which shines tonight, be reflected in us every day. This we pray in the name of the newborn child. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the Elliott family to come forward to light the Christ candle. Tonight, as the ritual of candle lighting continues, we see the circles of greens that represents God eternity and the lighted candles which symbolize hope, peace, joy, and love. Tonight on Christmas Eve, we light the Christ candle that represents the light of God coming into the world. Listen to the scripture from Isaiah, chapter 60, verses one through three. Arise, shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We light this candle tonight to celebrate the coming of Christ as the light of the world.
a reading from the prophet. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing the plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forward. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. seated. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, 
Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had had born a son, and he named him Jesus. welcome you to Church of the Palms on this Christmas Eve and we bring you warm greetings from the church leaders and the staff with every wish that you will find the peace and the joy that is brought to us by the Holy Child. We encourage you to join us in the new year in the many ways that we are hoping to bring healing and wholeness to our bodies, minds, and spirit as we seek to grow in our mission to more and more love God and love neighbor. We invite you to take, take a look at our website to just to get the most current information. A little bit later in our Christmas Eve service, we will do that annual tradition of lighting the candles. One simple and important rule, if your candle is lit, please leave it upright, pointing towards heaven, and then the wax won't drip on your hands or your neighbor or the carpet or anything like that. Come in for a light and then it goes upright. 
Our ministry and mission at Church of the Palms reaches to the four corners of the world, not only through our TV ministry and our online ministry, but more importantly, right here with our mission partners and our local community missions in Sarasota, including our food pantry, Samaritan Counseling Center, Palms Preschool, Wilkinson Mentorship, and our tutoring ministries. Our Christmas Eve offering plays an important role in the funding of these ministries and many, many more. Your generosity tonight will ensure that these important and concrete ways of spreading the light of Christ will be fully supported and in turn reach out into the world and deep into people's hearts. Families will be fed, cared for, taught, counseled, and most of all, hear the good news of Christ through your generous gifts tonight. As we prepare to receive this offering, let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we thank you for the coming of this long-awaited night. We thank you for this time to celebrate your love poured out for each of us in the birth of a baby named Jesus. We rejoice in the story that most of us have heard all of our lives. Those familiar words speak into our hearts and the memories of past celebrations are like harmonic chords in our minds. We pray that we might hear the story truly and that in hearing it, we might continue to be transformed into the likeness of your love and grace. So speak to us now, O oh Lord. Speak to us in the words of scripture, sermon, and prayer. Speak to us in the Christmas decorations. Speak to us in music and in the joy of children's anticipation and in one another's greetings. Touch us with joy so that we may serve with compassion those in need and to remember those who are ill and grieving. Touch us and all people with hope so that there might be a chance for peace in this world that you love so much. Finally, O oh God, be present with us. Be Emmanuel, God with us in Jesus so that we might grow to be your love and grace for others. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. We'd now like to invite the ushers to come forward to receive our Christmas offering.
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away with them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them.
Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will, on this very special night, allow us to hear once again the song of the angels and the voice of the one crying in the night. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> there is a story that uh, came, light to, came to light recently about a physician in London, Dr. Margaret McCollum, who approached the powers that be at the London Underground, the London subway system, to raise the concern that she could no longer hear the voice. What voice, they asked. The voice that says, mind the gap, she said. In the London Underground, when the train stops and the doors open, a voice comes across the loudspeaker system that tells people to, quote, mind the gap between the platform and the train. Well, the folks at the Underground insisted that the voice had not gone away, that every time the train came into the station, the voice was there to tell people to mind the gap. No, no, it's not, said the doctor. Uh, we're, we're pretty sure it's there. We actually heard it this morning when we came into work. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about, she said. I'm not talking about the voice that's there now. I'm talking about the voice that used to be there. It was the voice of my late husband, Oswald Lawrence. He died five years ago, and just about every day since then on my way to work, I would make my way down to the nearest tube station and sit for a moment and listen for his voice telling people to mind the gap. But now you've taken it away. The underground people admitted that they had in fact replaced all the human voices with digitized voices, so she was right to say that the voice of her late husband was gone. Well, I guess I just wanted you to know that there was at least one person who was there to listen to that voice, the voice of my lost love. As evidence that the world has not grown completely cold, the underground powers that be put into motion the search for Oswald's voice. They scoured the computer files, and after a time, they found it. They put in a request to the transportation agency that at the station where Dr. McCollum frequented, could they return her husband's voice so that she could hear it for the rest of her days. Miraculously, the bureaucratic state approved, and Oswald's voice has returned to one station the embankment station for Oswald's sweet widow to hear again and to be reminded of her sweet love. There are voices in this world that speak to the deepest places in our souls. An old friend of mine going back some 40 years dropped by the office a few weeks ago and left for me a gift. While rummaging through one of her closets, she had found a cassette recording of one of my father's sermons from 45 years ago. My father died 10 years ago. She had transferred it to a CD and thought I might want it. It dawned on me that neither my brothers nor I had a recording of my father's voice. So hastily I put it into the CD player and there it came, the voice. And with it, all those deep stirrings of memory and love. There are voices in this world that speak to the deepest places in our souls. Christmas, among many things, is the season of voices, the old familiar voices. Burl Ives telling us to have a holly jolly Christmas 
Andy Williams crooning that it's the most wonderful time of the year. Bing Crosby, John Lennon, Mariah Carey, that I don't imagine she'd appreciate being labeled old. <laughs> Charlie Brown, George Bailey, old Christmas friends. And tonight we've heard from our first Christmas friends, the voice crying in the wilderness, John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord. The voice of Gabriel announcing to the young teenage Mary that she will conceive and bear a son. The voice of Gabriel announcing to the young teenager that she will bear a son. The voice of the angel insisting that Joseph put his head aside and listen to his heart and keep Mary as his wife. And then, of course, the voice of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. And the voices, of course, stir something deeper inside, something we can't quite put our fingers on, some stirring, some feeling, some longing that catches in our throats and wells in our eyes, which makes, which makes us wonder, perhaps, if the Christmas voices, like so many other voices in our lives, uncover the truer meaning of your life and mine. For there comes, maybe not often enough, those moments when life does afford us those deep, deep feelings of grace and glory and grief and gratitude that tell us that there has to be something beyond what we can touch and see, that there is this deep reality that we can't quite put our fingers on, but that we know is there and will always be there. You've had it happen, the catch in your throat, the ache in your chest, that sudden appearance of tears, the quiver of your lip, the surprise return of a family member, the sudden remembrance of one long departed, the birth of a child, the, the gracious note from a friend, the song that brings back memories, the candle flickering in the dark silent night. And, and there with these things stir that deep, deep grace and glory and grief and gratitude. A couple weeks ago, we had to put down our dog. He was a rescue, 11 years old. When we got him, we had him for 10 months, but the time came for him to be delivered from his pain. And as we let him go, that deep, deep feeling, where does that come from? And then hours later, that same day, we held close to our chest our new granddaughter. And again, that deep, deep feeling, where does this come from? The world must be more than what we can see. There must be some deeper, untouchable presence somewhere that's touching us. Some quiet voice echoing through all the other voices. And maybe that's what we have found this night lying in the manger. The voice beyond and within and echoing through all those other voices the word made flesh, crying in the night, drawing shepherds and kings, the voice that sets stars into motion and angels singing, the voice that pulls each of us here tonight as different as we all are from each other, the sweet babble that stirs inside us what we most want to know, that God is real, that God is love, that God is the stir deep inside and that God is the being of our deepest longing. And maybe that's what she kept, 
young, sweet Mary. Maybe that's what she kept. Luke says that Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And maybe most of all, she kept the voice, the voice beyond and within and echoing through all the other voices. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not overcome it.
I invite you as you put out your candles to stand for the closing prayer and benediction. And as a sign of the love that this child has brought the world, would you reach out and grab the hand of your neighbor as we close in prayer. We thank you, O God, for this silent and holy night. Thankful, O Lord, that you came to be with us, to join us in our journey, to walk with us as we go through the peaks and the valleys of life. And we thank you, O Lord, that we can trust and know and believe that you are present with us in every step. And ask, O Lord, that we will now take this light into the world, that the world may know that there is a God who so loved the world that he gave his son, and that his grace and peace is the answer for our time. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.